I'm loving this. Yes, yes, yes. If you want the new Morgan You Asked For koozie delivered to your mailbox, please give us a five-star rating and review on your podcast player. Screenshot the picture of it and email it to me. The email address is Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. Welcome to this edition of Morgan You Asked For Podcast, December 15th, Thursday night. We are a little bit late this week with just schedules and, and everything just kind of busy. Uh, this week, busy time of year. Uh, we are a little bit late, but in doing so, we are second half of Brock Purdy Fest uh, on Amazon. I've been watching it, and, you know, yes, I'm an Iowa State fan, so I'm way intrigued into this, but every NFL TV show or anything they talk about the NFL last weekend leading up to tonight on, you know, the guys on the desk that Patrick was talking is just talking how good Purdy has done and then just walking into the great situation that he did with Kyle Shanahan and then the roster. And, you know, you know, even Al Michaels and Herbstreit, you know, it's like he's a seventh-year veteran. And this is his, you know, he took a couple snaps early in the year and then obviously played all last game and then most of the game before. So, you know, you can really say this is his third game playing. Yeah, essentially, you know, his second start, but really right. about third game, like you said. Right. And, you know, tonight uh, he had one bad throw there in the first half. But that's mm-hmm. to be expected. Again, he's, he's you know, Mr. Relevant. He was last picked the draft. He started uh, 11 for 11. He did. He was 11, I, he was 11 for 11. Uh, he's playing basically as good, if not better, than you could expect a seventh round draft pick to play at this point. And right. you're right though. Every talk, no matter what sports show you turn into, at least what I've seen ESPN, right. Fox, whatever, Dan Patrick, it seems like the entire world is, or, you know, football is rooting for Brock Purdy. Like he's one of the most famous football players on the planet right now, mm-hmm. whether that's right or wrong. I don't know, but it seems like everybody is rooting for this guy and believes in him. And it's it's really fun to see, and his performance last week was really good. I know we're going to get into more of that, but so far tonight, you know, like I said, uh, one bad throw, but, you know, he, he's a rookie. That That's going to happen. Yeah, each week this is going to get tougher because they get more tape on him, and defensive coaches and defensive players, essentially they're going to try to take away your strengths and make sure that you, you know, get you to your weaknesses and make sure that your weaknesses beat them, you know, and right now his weakness, they haven't found it that much in the NFL. Um, You know, it's, it's the weaknesses are the deep ball. And then obviously just the inexperience. I mean, those are really his two weaknesses. Um, He can dance around in the pocket. He's got a good enough arm and he is super accurate. I mean, that's one of the biggest things uh, at Iowa state that we noticed this year was how accurate he was on the crossing routes and everything compared to Hunter Deckers, who we had this year, is Purdy did not miss receivers. 
No, last week, uh, that the game where he came in, it's as someone said, it's like snap, read, throw, snap, read, throw. It's very quick. And I think I said this to our, our other chat uh, last week during the game. And I'm not, I'm not saying he's going to be Aaron Rodgers. That, that would be a very stupid thing to say. But we talked about last week on the swing passes or the passes off the side, you know, off the running back or the receiver on those screens. He does a little sidearm throw and a flick of the wrist. And if you put him in a green jersey and change his number from 13 to 12, his throwing motion is very much like Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. It comes you know, out, and I'm not saying he's going to be Aaron Rodgers. I'm right. clear, but the way he fl- just flicks his wrist, the ball comes out. It's it's almost like he's he grew up watching Aaron Rodgers and copied him. Uh, and you know, I know, and it's kind of yours and Zach's bet. It's kind of funny as you're you're predicting the Hall of Fame, and, and that's just our, our inside joke here with our our group here. But you know, one thing, one guy I did hear that they compared him to a little bit was Baker Mayfield, and actually that's really good. Um, because he's he's much more that size, you know. Rare Rogers is kind of a bigger dude, you know. He's your six three, you know. Um, he's a little he's bit not, taller, yeah. Yeah, I mean, pretty six foot, six one, but he does look kind of like Baker Mayfield. He's a little stockier, you know, um, and he just makes plays, you know. And right now, I mean, the, he's and, and we talk about this a lot, and this is. One of the reasons I, I'm not high on Justin Fields is I just don't know if the Bears are going to put him in a position to be successful or even really know how to do that. They've just failed so many times as an organization mm-hmm. that right now he has a great roster, a great head coach that knows how to get the most out of him, you know, and win football games. You know, right now the Bears, we don't know what they know. You know, new coaching staff, first-time head coach. He's a defensive guy. You know, who knows what's going to happen with Justin Fields? Well, we know what's going to happen as long as Brock Purdy stays with the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan. He will continue to get better. Now, let's kind of talk a little bit about the future here. You know, 49ers, you know, you know, there's still a lot left in just the NFL you know, they're up two scores here, but the NFL, that at three minutes, teams score two touchdowns all the time anymore, it seems. And that they look bad all night and then just turn the switch, the Rams and the Buccaneers. And, yep. You know, but let's just say Brock Purdy wins three of four in the regular season coming out. Um, maybe doesn't win a Super Bowl, but he, he does lead them to the NFC Championship game. 49ers got choices to make. Um, they've got three quarterbacks that they think they can probably win with. Who do you keep and who do you trade? You know, I, I knew you were going to ask this and I've already, I've right. thought about this all week long, basically. Right. Because, because you can't keep all three. No, uh, you can't. One, one, those guys aren't going to all want to stay. And two, just because you're the NFL and, and you have some three guys that have trade value, you need to get that, those back. I think you trade Brock Purdy because it's never going to be any higher than it is right now if he wins several games here and you try to get a couple draft picks or whatever and you let him be a backup somewhere and hopefully he doesn't come back to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. Uh, But you you sell him high. I mean, I think that's the first one you trade. 
And then oh, you figure I, out. I or, would disagree. I disagree with you 100% on this. And, and that, I didn't think you were going to go this route. Right. I, I'll, I'll give you mine. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's contract is up at the end of this year. So yeah. that, so the way the route I'm going to go, you let him walk. And what you presented okay. is if, if, if Brock pretty plays well and wins a playoff game or two, right? Right. Then you bring him, obviously you bring him back. He's on rookie contract. Right. Uh, Th- that's the thing with Purdy is he's not costing you any money. I'm just saying no. you, he is on the top of trade bait. You know, I'm just going to call him that trade bait to get as much out of him as he can. You know, Jimmy, uh, Brock Purdy is going to be their starter week one next year. That's your call right now. Absolutely. 100%. Are you, are you, are you watching the game? Uh, no, because I, I just turned it off once we get on. I got I got like the stat stuff going off on the uh, on the app here. But he, he, here, I mean, here's Purdy, the go ahead. Well, the play that just happened, and I know this is we're live here podcast. I know it's going to be a little bit late, but flag gets thrown on a false start. Purdy falls down, gets up, scrambles around, throws it, and and I mean it ended up being a penalty and not really counting, but just a good play though. A, a cluster that turned into a positive play, you know. All right, so going to your scenario, if Brock Purdy plays well through the rest of the regular season, right? The, and, of course, they're going to make the playoffs if they win this game, and he wins a playoff game or two, plays well, he will be their starter going into camp. Shanahan's, Shanahan doesn't care. He's going to play the best guy, and Jimmy Garoppolo's contract is up, so you let Jimmy walk, you're not going to okay. sign because you can't have three quarterbacks in the room like right. you just said. So you go into camp with Jimmy G and Trey Lance, and I've seen it, a lot of comments like, well, you have to play Trey Lance because you gave up so much for him. No, you don't. No. Shanahan will play the better quarterback. Now, if it's close, then maybe you then maybe you play Trey Lance. But if, if Trey Lance does not beat out Brock Purdy in camp, Shanahan's old school. He doesn't care what the media is going to make this out to be. He's going to play the best player. Well, and then the other thing is, okay, you can think about you're paying Trey Lance all the money, but you're not paying Brock Purdy anything. Exactly. So essentially, your quarterback position being paid is the same. It's you're the paying same. a starter, and you're paying the backup. It just happens to be the guy playing is is not getting any money. It's just but, reversed, exactly. Right. And and here's the thing: if and obviously, let's say they let Jimmy G go, which I think they will. I mean, his contract is up, so they're going to let him walk. He's probably going to go play for the Giants or somebody. Or whoever you know, mm-hmm. and they go into camp. And let's say Brock Purdy starts. Let's say Brock Purdy has a good year. You know, they go ten and seven or something, and he puts up decent stats. They can trade Trey Lance after the season and still get, you know, a couple draft picks back for him because you know there are a dozen GMs in the league that like Trey Lance coming out. Yeah, like they, and this whole notion that no matter what, Trey Lance has to be the starter next year is a bunch of bullshit. That's wrong. Uh, and, I agree. Brock Purdy plays well, but Brock Purdy has to play well, though. Right. And then, and and this, and we've talked about this, and I, I'm going to repeat it. Right or wrong, Purdy had played 48 games in college, and Trey Lance did not. That's really what this is coming down to. No, nobody knows how good Trey Lance is. Nobody. Mm-hmm. Not, not Kyle Shanahan. Not John Lynch. Not the 49, not you know, the 49ers organization, not the Seahawks, not the Rams. Nobody knows how good a football player he is because no one's seen it. He has all the tools, he he looks the part, he does things the right way in practice. He's but more I'm, talented, but doesn't right, mean he's better. Right, exactly. There's lots of talented people. 
in, in every walk of life that mm-hmm. just don't get things done, don't win football games. You know, we don't know. And, and he might be the next great quarterback, but we just don't know because he's, he's either not played or been hurt. Yeah, nope. And I agree with you. And, and, and it's not his fault. I mean, it's nothing no. that he's done. No, he, he got hurt and he didn't play a lot of college. Uh, it's not, and by all accounts, he's a great uh, teammate, professional, right. all that stuff. Real quick, um, going back to your point of you can't have three quarterbacks. You know, we all know the cliche saying if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. Right. Here's what would happen. I, and I saw some people writing about this. Well, you can't have enough good players on a team, which I agree with almost 100%. Yeah. But when it comes to the quarterback position, it's way different. But, right. And call it Purdy or call it Trey Lance, it doesn't matter. If they go into next season and those guys go on a uh, two, three, four game streak where they're playing bad and they're losing games, and Jimmy Garoppolo is on the team but not starting, you know those veterans are going to be like, what in the hell is going on? Why is Jimmy G not playing? Like, we understand that he gets hurt, but when he's healthy, we win a lot of football games with this guy. So yeah, that, you've got a big, you got a big mess going on. You, you cannot bring Jimmy G back, even though he wins a lot of games for that team. Right. Do you – have you heard – I have not – you know, you can see that the team loved Jimmy Garoppolo. Yep. And you can – so far you can see the team loves Brock Purdy. Did they not love Trey Lance like that? You didn't – you didn't get that – I didn't hear that much. I didn't either, and I just didn't know if I just hadn't heard it and not – and I'm not saying they, like, didn't like him, but just, you you know, you could just see the team change when Garoppolo was a quarterback. You know, they won six in a row. Mm-hmm. They're on their way to winning seven here. It's just, you know, like we just talked about, when your team believes in you, and again, it can be a football team, it can be your work team, it can be your family team, it doesn't matter, you will be more successful, even if your talent isn't great. Yeah, the, the team obviously loves Garoppolo. We know that. That's right. That's been said many times. And over the past couple of weeks, it's become very clear they love Brock Purdy. They believe in him. Did they Did they have all this belief in Trey Lance? I, I don't know. Uh Maybe they said some stuff before the season that maybe I missed. You know, I wasn't paying attention, I guess, mm-hmm. like I am now. Uh, but I think Trey Lance, is he's not Zach Wilson, where it's pretty clear that Zach Wilson is pretty immature. And mm-hmm. we, we can get into him more later. But he <laughs> there's a chance he's not on the Jets next year, which is crazy for a number two overall right. pick in the right. second year. That, that's a totally And, and, and he really hasn't played that bad. <laughs> I mean, ultimately. he They were winning some football games with him. I know he's been hurt. A little bit, and they sat him some, but he really wasn't playing that bad. And Mike White comes in and, well, and does yeah. well, but that, that's a separate that's a separate thing. But we'll we'll get into yeah. that later. But you're right. Um, you know that that's why you can't bring Jimmy G back. If Jimmy G was mostly a healthy player, then you could. But th- this is now three significant injuries right. at this point. Where yes, you do win a lot of games with him. He took you to the Super Bowl, almost took. You do another, but when you have this many injuries, what do you do, right? Right. So, and and that goes back to the thing, like I said, where where people could say, well, you can't have enough good football players. I agree with that. When it comes to quarterback positions, it's a little different. Now, the flip side of that could be devil's advocate. Well, if they didn't have enough good football players, they wouldn't have Brock Purdy playing well right, right now. So say that's they they needed all three this year. They did, they did. But I think if you brought all three of those guys back next year, I. 
it would just I, I don't know. I don't see it ending well. Mm-hmm. I think you got like Jimmy G's contract is up. You let him walk, you let him go play somewhere else, and then you just have your battle between Purdy and, and Trey Lance. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you think about and, and this is some of the story, you know. Brock Purdy was the last pick in the draft. That's a story in itself. He was mm-hmm. the third quarterback on the roster. He needed two season ending, or I mean, Garoppolo's not necessarily in season ending. We don't know for sure yet. Sounds like he'll have a chance to be back. Um, but he needed a lot of things to happen for him even to be able to play. And and we've talked about this on this podcast several times. When the opportunity presents itself, you have to take advantage. And so far he has. Yeah, that's that's this week when I heard that he might not play. I there, there was no it. way he wasn't playing. No, I, and I, I I knew that in the back of my mind, but I'm like, boy, like I just like crossed my fingers, like you gotta get out there and play because we've talked about before Tom Brady back in his day hated getting pulled from games yeah. because how did Tom Brady get his job? Right. Well, Drew Bledsoe got hurt. Same with Brett Favre. Brett Favre used to throw a fit when he got pulled. Well, how did he get his starting position? Well, mm-hmm. Don Mikowski, the magic band got hurt. Mm-hmm. So they understand like, you know, uh, you, you can lose your job at any time. So, well, and that's where, I mean, especially if somehow the 49ers and, and it's not a somehow we, you and I have been on their bandwagon for quite a bit of the year. Mm-hmm. And if they win the Super Bowl and he's their quarterback, I mean, he is, I mean, he is starting his career eerily similar to Tom Brady. Tom Brady, Kurt Warner-ish. Right. Like, I mean, yes. I mean, it's... it's Get get the Disney folks here. We're going to make a movie out of this. Yeah. <laughs> and there's still a lot to go. It's still a right. week-by-week process for Brock Purdy, which, you know, sounds dumb and cliche and boring, but it really is a week-by-week thing. Yep. But if he continues to play well, and like I said, one turnover or less per week, you know, Mad Max one turnover. If if he doesn't yeah. turn the ball over, they're gonna have a chance to win every game that they're in. Unless oh. unless they're maybe playing like the Chiefs of the Super Bowl, that might be different. But right. at that point, you you're just fortunate to be there with your third string quarterback, at least going in the season. So it, this is. is this is an amazing opportunity. Going back to last week, which I know we didn't talk a lot about. You know, I was sitting here at home watching the game. I'm sure you're watching it, and I was jumping out of my recliner, fist pumping and yelling. I mean, he, it, it was, I, I thought they'd run the ball a lot. If, if you look at Brock Purdy's passing numbers or attempts, you you would have thought they he didn't pass that much. But in the first half, they threw it all over the field. Yeah, in, in the second half, he only threw the ball three times. Because they didn't have to because they were up right. so much. Yeah. I mean, and, and I don't know out there, it probably didn't, but he, it didn't for me because I'm on Roku and I don't know how all that works. But. Oh, it, it did here. It, did it change? They take it yep. off. Yep, and yeah, I was they, pissed. Yeah, they, they <laughs> took it off in the third quarter when it got like thirty-five nothing or whatever. But I, I understood. I'm like, well, you know, I guess I get it because the game right. is basically over. But yeah, I was mad. I'm like, oh, dang it! Like I don't know. But he only threw a few more passes in the second right. half, right? And, so, and he actually, with about eight minutes, got pulled. I mean, you think yeah, about that? <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I, I understood it, but at, like at the, my initial reaction was like, what? And then I was like, okay, yeah, it makes sense, I guess. But yeah. Uh, very rarely is a Tom Brady game going to get pulled off the uh, off the main mainstream there. Uh, yeah, last week was really good. Like I said, I I thought there was a couple of plays that he maybe left the pocket a little early, 
but that's 100% to be expected mm-hmm. in your first starts. I mean, uh, overall, I would have given him an A to a right. close and, to and, an A-plus rating. And, and people forget the first play of the game, he, he got, got flat-out ear hold. <laughs> yep, he did. And he stood in there about as long as you could, delivered yep. the ball, took the hit. I mean, he did about as good as you could do on that play. And then, like I said, the rest of the game, you know, there's a couple throws here and there, but, well, yeah. I mean, you know, we're nitpicking at this point when you really get down to it. And like I said, those those swing passes, uh, those little passes out to the side, just his his throwing motion, the way he flicks it is very Aaron Rodgers-like, in my opinion. Uh, just just the way he throws it. It's almost like he watched Aaron Rodgers and tried to copy that that throwing motion. Is all I'm saying. I, I wish he had the arm strength, Aaron Rodgers. Of course, if, if he did, he wouldn't have been the last pick in the draft. But. No, no, he probably wouldn't have been. But he he can move better mm-hmm. than Jimmy G can. He's younger. Be, uh, the, like I said, th- this is it's it's one game at a time for him. But this is an amazing opportunity for the guy. And so far, so good. Yeah, absolutely. All right, now let's let's talk about the playoffs. Let's talk about the actual NFL. Obviously, the 49ers, they win tonight. They win the division, right? Or do they just clinch a playoff spot? I believe if they win tonight, they win their their division. Right. And, and that is a big deal um, with the new rules on only the number one seed getting a bye. And so, obviously, that looks like it's going to be the Eagles. And, you yeah. know, after that, everybody plays. So, when you win those division you get that home game, and that's super important. Oh, absolutely is. I mean, if you win your division, you get a home playoff game, and there's some teams that are that are maybe not in the playoffs right now but might be sneaking in. We'll, we'll start with the NFC. Right. And I, uh, let's start with Detroit. Uh, Detroit's an interesting team right now. Yep. They're they're starting to win some games. They're not in there yet. And, uh, but their, their schedule is very easy. It is. Well, they, they play at the Jets this week, which typically Lions, mm-hmm. Jets, you think, well, that's a pretty dumb game or lame game. These are these are two teams battling for the playoffs because mm-hmm. the Jets are right in the mix, too. Take their quarterback play out. The Jets have a really good roster, um, and, and they're playing good. But the Lions do have a very doable schedule. And just real quick on the Lions, I've seen a lot of stuff, a lot of people saying, well, what, what should they do with Jared Goff after the season? And my question would be like, what do you mean, what do you do? You right. absolutely bring him back. He's he's top 10 in every statistical category at quarterback play. Now, and, I, know and, that's, I know that's not exciting to say because it's Jared Goff. He's boring. Jared Goff is not the problem. He's one of the solutions that they have this yeah. year. And Pete, and we've, we've hit on this before in this podcast. Jared Goff was the number one pick in the draft. Jared Goff yeah. has played, played in a Super Bowl. He's played in like five playoff games, I think, or something like that. Yeah, so, I mean, he has – yes, is he – like you said, he's not exciting, but he's a pretty good quarterback, you know, and and always has been. I mean, you don't get drafted number one by sucking, and you don't get your team to the NFL by sucking or to the uh, Super Bowl. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, obviously they wanted an upgrade, which is fine, and they did it with Stafford. But Goff isn't horrible, and that's why the Lions knew they needed a quarterback still to, you know, give them a chance and try to win football games, and they thought Goff was the guy, and that's why they did that trade. Yeah, right now I have Goff about ninth to 11th yeah. in the league this year. 
I'm not saying in crunch time or long term that may be his ranking, but this year he's playing very good, actually. Yeah. He's not the problem in Detroit. The defense is the problem. Right. And one quick example of what I talked to some people online about, I said, look at what happened when Andy Reid went to the Chiefs years ago when he first got there. Who did he bring in? We brought in Alex Smith. Yeah, number one pick. Yep, and Alex Smith. football games. Yep, and Alex Smith's a, a better athlete than Jared Goff, but they're kind of similar in a way. You know, they're not real yep. exciting, whatever. And what the story came out later, what Andy Reid and that staff knew that they could win a lot of football games with Alex Smith and they could buy time until they found the re true replacement. Mm -hmm. And, of course, I posted this and I, I said, listen, I'm not saying they're going to find Mahomes because that's impossible. There's right. only one Mahomes. And then, of course, people said, well, they're not going to find Mahomes. And I said, yeah, that's exactly what I just said. Yeah. Uh, thanks for repeating myself. <laughs> the, the point being, though, is they they can play good football, Jared Goff, for the next one, two, three years and wait until they truly find someone in the draft that they right. think can be better than Goff. Whether that happens or not, who knows. But you can – they're starting to win football games. And, and, and you can play, get your roster better over those years. Yep. And the coaching staff, the GM, everybody there – if you can win eight plus games a year there in Detroit, you're gonna have job security. <laughs> and that and that that's that's my whole point is stick with Jared Goff. You you'd be foolish to get rid of him. That that would be the that would be a totally Detroit thing though to get rid of him. Like, why in the world would you do that? You keep him even if you took uh like CJ Stroud at number three overall, because they have the Rams draft pick. Yep. Uh, which I think is number three at this point, or yep. whoever. Even if you draft one of those guys. You still keep Jared Goff for a year to yeah to lead the yeah, team. Just like Alex Smith. He started a whole season. Patrick Mahomes did not get a snap. Oh, I might have had a couple snaps. The final game not of the play year, as, whatever. But did not play his first year, really. No, he, he played the final game of the uh, Their seating right. wasn't – whether they won or lost, their seating wasn't going to change, so they just let him start. But, yeah, that's the whole point. Like, Jared Goff is sort of an Alex Smith, not a good athlete, but the the overall point remains – He's good enough to hold down the fort, and this year he's actually playing pretty pretty decent. And their offense is clicking. It's just their defense is really really bad. So uh, this whole Jared Goff stuff, like get rid of him, like that would that would totally be a Detroit thing that they would do. But I don't think this coaching staff or their leadership group probably wants to do that, and nor should they. Like he's playing good football. He's not Mahomes, but he's not Daniel Jones. You know, he's yeah. he's he's in the top half of the league at quarterbacks this year. Absolutely. All right, so let's continue the NFC. So the Buccaneers are not playing good, but I still pick them to win the South, and then they're going to host somebody like the Cowboys. You know, probably a, a way better team, but the Cowboys aren't going to win their division. Mm -hmm. You know, so, you know, the Buccaneers are going to host – Somebody like that, and that's gonna be one heck of a game. And can Brady turn it on? That's that's really the only question. If it plays out like that, you're right. Uh, they will host a home playoff game. Can Brady turn it on? Yeah, I think he can. Will the team do it? No, I, I think the team's given up. Kind of. I, I think, and not to say Brady's given up because that sounds that sounds so stupid to say, but you can almost feel it. Brady and and this they're done. Like. Yes, they have more games to play, but after this, he's gone. Whether he retires or goes somewhere else, we talked about last week. He, he's yep. not going to play for this team again. Do, do you think 
a lot of that has to do with Bruce Arians not being there? Uh, I do, actually. And I, I do. There's rumors that Brady wanted Bruce Arians out as head coach. And now looking back on it, well, maybe he should have still been head coach, right? Right. And there's rumors, too, that the Buccaneers are not as buttoned up, uh, you know, as like the Patriot teams have been, which is probably true. I mean, nobody's really as buttoned up as the Patriots, as we yep. know, with, with Bill Belichick. So um, I, I do think there is some truth to that. It just I, I just feel like this is a, it's almost run its course, kind of like Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, he only plays Rodgers plays entire career there. So it's a, it's a different circumstance. But, you know, I, I think Rodgers goes somewhere else, too, after this year, if he doesn't retire. That's another one you just have no idea about. Uh, Minnesota's going to win the, the North. But they look, uh, you know, the weird thing about last week was, you know, the Lions were favored and the Lions won the football game, even though. You know, the Vikings only had two losses on the year. And, you know, Kirk Cousins just has never proven to win, and this is going to be his chance, and can he do it? Uh, No, he can't. Right. I mean, I agree. agree, but (laughs) He's a fine quarterback. He's like an Alex Smith, like, just, you know, he's fine. Like, he's a top half of the league type of guy. Uh, He's not a bum or anything. But I don't think in this type of – era of football he's going to lead you to the Super Bowl and if you look at Minnesota they actually have a negative point differential which you might that's always something I look at what's your point differential uh they have a winning record but they they've actually given up more points than they've scored now that that's not every it's just one of many indicators of a team right but I, I do feel like Minnesota of any of the playoff teams in either conference you maybe throw Baltimore Tennessee in there of course but I, I feel like they're the most fraudulent not saying they can't win a game, but I, I do not see them going to the Super Bowl at all. Agreed. All right, real quick here, the AFC, uh, much more dominant. You know, it's the Chiefs. I still think the Bills are going to be there in the end. Um, you know, the Ravens are probably going to be there. And then the, Char- the Chargers are turning on. The Bengals are playing really good football right now. Bengals you know? will be my pick as of today. Yeah, because they kind of seem to have the Chiefs number. They won three in a row against the Chiefs. Yep, yep. And so we'll see on that. Uh, Joe Burrow, you know, they're getting healthy. You know, he's making his plays. Um, Yeah, I agree. I, You know, I'm still – I'm not going to pick against the Chiefs ever right now. Uh, it's, tough to do. it's tough to pick against. <laughs> but I'm with you that, uh, you know, the Bengals are the team that has done it and, and has proven that they've done it. Uh, regular season the last two years and then obviously in the playoffs last year. Yeah, the Chiefs have their Super Bowl ring. They've been to two. So they're they're the, the veteran team that's been there and done it. The Bills are like the media darlings. And I, I love the Bills. I love Josh Allen. I hope they do win the Super Bowl. And then the Bengals are sort of like the Chiefs. They just haven't done it yet, but they've mm-hmm. been to the Super Bowl. And they've got Joe Cool back there. He's a legit quarterback in this league, as we know. So I think it really comes down to those three. I really do not see anybody else in the the AFC. Uh, right. Uh, the, the Dolphins are starting to come back down to earth. I think we'll yep. learn a little bit more about Tua, his limited passing ability. And we're probably going to see it this 
this week in Buffalo where it's cold weather. And listen, I mean, if it's really snowing, not many quarterbacks can play well in that anyway. All but right. we're we're starting to see Tua come kind of back down to earth, in my opinion. Absolutely. All right, let's take our first break here, and we'll come back, uh, finish up the NFL, and then we got a few more topics, uh, bowl games, and the passing of Mike Mike Leach will be the first couple things we talk about here. We'll be right back. Talk to you then. All right, welcome back here, second part. I just want to finish up uh, NFL real quick here, and it looks like it's going to be this way. I mean, obviously things can change, but if it continues the way it is, the Chiefs are going to host the AFC Championship game, I believe, for the fifth straight year, which is just flat unbelievable, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I believe – well, I believe the Bills have the number one seed as of right now. Don't they in the AFC? But, I mean, I get your point. I mean, anything can happen. Right. right. There's a lot of games to be played. But if they do, going to your point, if they do host five straight AFC Championship games – Mahomes, Mahomes has never played a playoff game on the road. That that's absurd, considering you know he's been to two Super Bowls, right? <laughs> like that that's that's crazy, yeah. and and there's a very very good chance that Mahomes and the Chiefs get to another Super Bowl this year, and whether they're the one, two seed, or even three, depending on who loses and stuff, he he could they could find themselves in a third Super Bowl without playing a road game even. Potentially. Right. And his two losses are to Tom Brady and then obviously Burrow right at the end. You know, I mean. Yeah, it, it, it's absurd. And we've, we've talked about before. I think the reason part of the reason I didn't pick him to be in the AFC championship game, because I thought, well, all these extra games that they've played, it's going to take a toll on people's bodies. And I just thought, you know, luck of the draw. Right. You know, Some, some other team might be better, but. There, there's no reason really to think that the Chiefs won't be there in the championship game to go to the Super Bowl. I mean, they're they're gonna most like I mean, like I said, them, Bills, Bengals. I don't nope. really see any as of right now, I don't see any other team in the AFC that can take them down. Some people might say Miami. I think Miami's getting exposed now. They have the weapons, but uh when it comes to cold weather, those receivers don't move as fast. The ball doesn't go like it does normally in the air. Uh, so I, I think those are the three. I don't see any – as of right now today, I don't see any other team out of those three making the Super Bowl in the AFC. I'm with you. All right, now let's kind of move on to more of a, a somber topic and, and and staying with football here. College football uh, has more in the, the passing of Mike Leach. You know, th this hit me kind of hard, actually. Um you know, I never really met him, but I was on the field with him. Uh, he was at Texas Tech when I was at Iowa State. Um, you know, kind of the most famous run, you know, Seneca Wallace running back and forth and everything. That was actually against Texas Tech. It was Cliff Kingsbury was the quarterback and Mike Leach was their coach, you know. And, you know, he did a lot of things unconventional. He was a great guy. Everybody's, you know, I don't have to rehash it here, but the YouTube clips and just everybody writing about how, you know, he, he made them feel special when, when you were around him, you know, if you ever talked to him on the phone, it was at least an hour. He didn't take himself too seriously. And I think that is an, a, a really important part of this. He knew he was just a football coach. 
some of these coaches, and and I'm going to put Matt Campbell and Kirk Ferentz in this. They don't. Uh, both those guys are great guys, but you don't see that. They hide it, and and I don't know why coaches do that as much now as they used to. They they hide themselves way more now than than they used to. I think a lot of it is once you mess up or it, it just it, it never is let down, let mm. go. You know, it always gets brought up. But, you know, even the people that cover Iowa State, you know, since the pandemic, Matt Campbell isn't near as open and as sharing as he used to be. And, and that's too bad. That That's what makes – Mike Leach's Leach special it makes college football special. He and also he won at places that were not your, you know, conventional, you know, places that everybody wants to be. He won in Lubbock, Texas, Pullman, Washington, and Starkville, <laughs> Mississippi. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not like he's not Ryan Day that walked in and his first head coaching job is at Ohio State, you know. Um and, and, you know, he's not even Auburn or just he, – he went to the SEC school that's probably about most redneck as there is, and, and he fit in, and he did it his, his way, swing your sword. And, and you know, we always like this as Iowans to make our connection. Him and Hal Mummy started the air raid offense at Iowa Wesleyan in Mount Pleasant. And – you know, they went to Kentucky, Valdosta State and then Kentucky, and then they kind of went their own ways. And he was the offensive coordinator at Oklahoma and then got the head job. And you think about the NFL and college football and how many offenses now are derived from that air raid system, most of them. Um, you know, when he was doing that, it was kind of West Coast-ish. And this was kind of West Coast on steroids, not really running the ball at all. The West Coast still had a lot of running in it. This one didn't really run it at all. And you think about the NFL, you don't have any 2,000-yard running backs. You don't have anybody that carries the football 35 times. You got a guy, you, you want to run for 100 yards a game. That's it. And you want to mm -hmm. throw it for 300. I mean, that's really how you win football games for the most part. And – He's going to get credit, and he should get credit, him and Hal Mummy, for transforming football in the last 20, 25 years. Yeah, like you said, he coached at uh, Iowa – was it Wesley or Wesleyan? Um, West, Iowa Wesleyan and Mount Pleasant. Yep. Yeah, and I, I never knew that. And I, I when I saw Keith Murphy posted that on Facebook, I knew you and Zach and probably Tyler Tass would all know that. But I didn't yeah. know that. I, I think – I'm not – 100% sure, but I'm not 100% sure that he wasn't there when Zach's dad was the head coach there, was the head basketball coach there at Wesleyan. Okay. Um, it would have been about the same time frame. They might have missed a little bit, but it would have been pretty close, I think. Same time. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. You know, when I saw that, I'm like, well, I, I know Zach, Morgan, and Tassel would know that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course, me, I, I'm a little bit more of the NFL side, but I just like, okay, that's kind of cool. And then, and then you're right. I mean, he goes to all these weird little college towns, great college towns actually, and right. and does well. Uh, puts up the air raid offense, and then, you know, I think I think he left Oklahoma before they won the national title. Is yeah. that correct? The he, year he was before. there for one. He was there the year before. <laughs> he recruited Josh Heupel and kind of implemented the system, 
and then he got the head coaching job. And I believe Mark Mangino was actually the offensive coordinator when they won the national title. But um, he was there the year before, 99. And then they won the, won the championship in 2000. Okay. Okay, yeah. And then, like said, you go down to Lubbock, Texas. Uh, like I said, I went there a couple years ago for a concert. Cody Jenks, who yep. we both like. Uh, I fell in love with Lubbock when I was down there. I thought it was like an amazing college town. Right. Really it's just cool. in the middle of nowhere. It is. I mean, it really is. And just, I was only there for a couple of days. So, you know, a brief period amount of time, but fell in love with it. He did really good there. Washington State, which is kind of in the middle of nowhere, sort of. And like you said, Mississippi State, which is not a powerhouse in the SEC typically. You know, they've they've had good players come out of there and, and all that. But yeah, Mike Mike Leach was more than anything. I mean, he was he was just himself. Kind of reminds me of, of Doug DeCock in a way. Right. Like Mike Leach is just he just says whatever's on his mind and he just says it. Um you know, he was he he was the best interview guy. And you've probably heard from all the talking heads, just that everybody else has all week. Uh, there was no better interview than than Mike Leach because he he just go up on the podium or whatever and just say whatever was on his mind. Well, and then, you know, they would ask him a question. And, and, you know, later on, you know, people fed into that, you know. Oh, where, yeah. You know, he, he, they would ask him these questions because they knew that he liked it. And, and I think that's what made him great is football wasn't that important to him. You know, it was important. But it wasn't everything. It was he wrote a book on Geronimo, you know, yeah, and he did. He just did things. You know, he was interested in other things, pirates. And, you know, he taught a class on football in the modern war, modern warfare or whatever, military warfare. At he loves pirates, State. like you just said. Yeah. I mean, it's just he didn't live and breathe football. And I think I, I was guilty of doing that. And. It's, you know, I, I don't anymore. I love football. I love going to Iowa State games and watch it on TV and everything. But it's I, it's way more healthy for me now not working, you know, another, you know, 40 hours a week on football coaching and stuff like that. And the best thing is he he did that. And, you know, unfortunately, life was short for him. But I think he got out of it what he wanted. and he said it best and Jeremy Schapp interviewed him and said, you know, what, what does he want on his tombstone or people to write about him? And he said, well, what do I care? I'm dead, you know? And, and that's <laughs> great. I mean, that's just, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, you want people to, to, to love you and everything. And, and they are, and they are great tributes to him, but that's just a great line. He's dead. It's okay. I mean, and, and it really sucks. And, and the team is going to play, and, and you know you want to, but it sucks for that team. Um, it sucks for the everybody uh, surrounded by that. Um, but unfortunately, the good and and my this is just my opinion on on death. It's if you're not going to be healthy and you're going to struggle for a while, you just as might as well go. Um, so I mean, I think in that case, um, great for him. Great move on, and then. You know, and we can all cherish the times and, and memories that he gave everybody. I, I agree with you. If, if it's, you know, if you're not going to be healthy enough to live, then kind of what's the point, right? Mm -hmm. um, I, I can almost picture him and Aaron Rodgers and some pirate ship. Uh, oh, you know, just, sit, just sitting so in the Key West in a pirate ship. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, just. Yeah. I, feel like the, I feel like those two guys would get along perfect. 
Aaron right. Aaron Rodgers could be high on is whatever that yeah, they're, they're, whatever he takes. They're curious people, and, and that's a yeah. great thing. And and no, but it, it was great, and I went went on YouTube and watched some of his old interviews. And I think yeah. my favorite was uh, telling the reporter to ask him like if he had any advice on getting married. Oh yeah, just he going off, like, He ran off like Timmy's like listen. He's like. You know, you're going to say you want the blue card sent out, and then she's going to say, well, what about these 10 ones? And then you're going to say, yeah, those are good. And, he's going to, and then she's going to get on your ass, like, well, why didn't you say that to begin with? And then she's going to go, well, what about dessert? Do you want the cheesecake or blueberry yeah. pie? And he's like, well, you know, both are good. And she's like, well, I want blueberry pie. And he goes, okay, that's fine. And she's like, well, why didn't you say that? And, you know, well, <laughs> so. And then just, every woman how, you know is going to go nuts. And, I mean, yeah, just. And, he and he did no no that, that's the other part of it. that that's even the better part you're right he goes he's like listen your fiance is going to go nuts her mother's going to go nuts your mom's going to go nuts all the sisters are going to go nuts <laughs> yep. he, he, yeah just he's like he's like the best thing you could do is just go read a book in the other room and and stay out of the way and just be busy yep. and i'm sure there'll be a lot of women that are offended by that but it doesn't matter because that's the truth and women are crazy. I'm sorry, but they are. And so he's, he was 100% right on that. And um, I, I saw a bunch of comments, even from women, too, like, yeah, that's accurate. We yeah. are crazy. Yep. We, we get crazy over the, these type of things. And it, it was just funny because he, he would explain stuff like that in just a a weird manner. But when you listen to him, we're like, yeah, that's I think that's what we wish we all we all could say or explain it. But we didn't have that in us. Like right. Mike would just say whatever is on his mind. Yeah, and then let's kind of end on this, but uh, just a great story was I was reading a, a thing, and guy wrote wrote that he had a player on his team, and this must have been a Texas Tech, a player on his team that he didn't think was good enough and was never going to play. Mm -hmm. he, he had this meeting with him and said, well, why don't you just be a student coach and just kind of learn – but you're just not good enough to play. And, and the kid was mad and wasn't happy. And he told him, take a day, come back tomorrow and give me your decision. If you want to coach or just be done. Well, the next day the guy came in and said, well, I'll do it. I'm not happy about it, but I will coach and we'll see where it goes. Well, that, that guy was Lincoln Riley and, and look at where he's at now and what he's doing. Um, obviously, you know, he knew he wasn't good enough to play, but he saw something in him, and and he knew he was a coach, and, and it, obviously it's worked out. And you you can make an argument that Lincoln Riley is the best coach in football right now, in college football right now. Three of the last six Heisman Trophy winners took USC to, you know, one win away from the playoff in his first year. Multiple playoffs with Oklahoma. Um, that's his legacy right there with Lincoln Riley, in my opinion. Yeah, I I saw that same that same story come out where he had a player that was upset about not getting playing time, blah, blah, blah. You basically explained it, said, hey, you're probably not going to play, but how about coaching? Well, it turned out to be Lincoln Riley. Mm -hmm. And Lincoln Riley is a top five, top ten at worst case scenario, but top five probably in my opinion, college football coach mm -hmm. right now. And he's going, as long as he gets the offense and defensive linemen they needs, he's going to compete for – not playoff spots because the playoffs are going to expand. Right. He's going to compete for national titles at yep. USC. Absolutely. And it just depends on the lineman. He's going to get the skill stuff figured out. 
if he, yep. I mean, he's, he already has, but um, it'll come down the lineman, which I, I think he'll get that figured out. I mean, USC is a, you know, you can get anybody you want at USC when yep. you're good. Yep, absolutely. All right. Now we're going to end the podcast here with really two stories that are not fun to talk about. Um, Chris Beard, let's start there. We'll stay in college, Texas, and it kind of goes back to Texas Tech as well, just kind of connecting the dots there. Uh, but Chris Beard, you know, essentially domestic abuse, you know, however Texas wrote it, you know, something abuse to a family member. And if you read the affidavit, essentially, you know, he was not good as such, even if it, you know, he's saying he's innocent and he didn't instigate it, whatever. But here's my take on it. We're, we're not going to talk super long about this, but something happened in that house that night that was not good. And I don't care who you are. If you're a guy and it, it's a female, you're wrong, in, in my opinion. And so no matter what happens in the court of law or whatever, Something went on in that house that wasn't good and should never, ever happen. And it's going to be really, really hard, in my opinion, for Texas ever to have him coach a, a basketball game again. Now, I'm not going to say he's never going to coach again because people have done some shady things and they come back after a few years and, and coach again. You know, people like, you know, Rick Petito and, and, and those situations – so I'm not going to say he's never going to coach again, but I have a hard time believing that Texas is going to be able to keep him as a coach, nor I don't think he should coach Texas again. This is one of those ones, like I've said, I, I saw the headline of it. Yeah. Don't know all the details, but you mentioned it before we got started. Um, I'm, I'm just going to kind of let you run with this one because yeah. I, you obviously gave a lot of the details. I, I think I know what happened yeah. essentially uh, without reading everything, but yeah, I mean, if he did whatever he did, um, I'll, I'll let you kind of go with it. Yeah, it's going to be tough to to keep him there as a as a coach. Yeah, I mean, you know, you can read online the affidavit, and it, it wasn't it doesn't look good. Um, you know, he spent the day in jail, and, and it was kind of awkward there, where Texas did not announce that he was suspended or wasn't going to coach that night. They had a game that night. Um, they're number two in the country. And and that's what makes it really hard is they're really good. I mean, they, they're going to be up for the Big 12 championship. They're in contention mm -hmm. for the national championship. He's really, really good coach. But whatever happened that night wasn't good. Whatever caused it wasn't good. And, you know, he had the world by the balls. I mean, you know, he was coaching one of the premier, you know, you, you can make an argument that Texas has more money than everybody else. And you can make was, an argument. They're a better basketball program in the last 20 years in football outside oh, of the Vince Young year. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. They've been to final fours. They've, they've yeah. been, and uh, yeah. And he was the coach of that program and had in his second year already had them. They were number one earlier, I think, or number two, one or two, depending on what hole you're looking at. And in a blink of an eye, it's over. And and I, I just don't see how he can coach there again. And and that just goes, you know, we all get angry. We all get mad. We all do things we, we regret. I mean, I don't care who you're, you're human. We all make mistakes. But there, there comes a point where 
you have to show some restraint. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll look more into it. And I, I saw the headlines, of course, and I, you know, kind of where you're going with this. I, I think I probably have a good guess of what happened. But mm -hmm. yeah, that that sucks because they have such a good team, right? Or potentially right. have a good team. Uh, but more importantly, you know, whatever's going on at the household. And yeah. we see it all the time uh, beyond this, of course. Um, yeah. You know, here in Idaho, I'm not in Idaho, but the Idaho murders. Right. Uh, and that's not just here, but all over the place. I mean, there's some sketchy stuff that happens. And whether it's from someone drinking or having a bad attitude or on drugs, whatever it might be, uh, some bad stuff can happen when somebody loses their patience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's too often, you know, right there in Colorado Springs, not too long ago, like you said, in Idaho. Yep. Um, I mean, it, it just, I, and you know, we've all, we all make mistakes. We all regret things we've done, but I think for the most part, everybody's a good person. And unfortunately there's just times that it comes back and, and for whatever reason, mentally it just breaks down. And, and that's where we need to get the, the root causes some some more mental illness uh, support and help and just finding better ways to, to cope with stresses. I mean, that's really what it comes down to better ways to cope with stresses than we're doing. I, I agree with you. And I, and I, we, we can say this cause we're two, we're two males here. Right. It seems like 95, 98% of the time it's, it's males that do this stuff. Oh, not yeah. females. Right. It is. I mean, I a hundred percent agrees, agree with that. And yeah, I mean, it's, you can even make another argument that, you know, not every time, but on a lot of these, you know, kind of real famous ones, it's white males that do it too. I mean, it's yeah, not, I, I mean, it's, I agree. it's, uh, you know, I mean, not that it is never minorities or anything, but you know, if you look at the stats, I would definitely say more than not, it's a white male that does it as well. Yeah. I mean, look at all the, uh, I mean, I'm not trying to make light of it, but look at all the serial killer yep. documentaries they have out there that, and I'll say this right now, and I, I know I'm not wrong, white people love these documentaries. They oh, they love yeah. them. They, and, and I do too. Like, I'm guilty of it. But when they're watching it, it's almost always white males that mm -hmm. are serial killers or crazy people. Um, I'm not saying that's good. I'm just saying we watch it. Uh, mm -hmm. Look at any show. I mean... The true detectives, criminal minds, just you name it, and you know, law and order. It, you're right. <laughs> we we can say this as white guys. I mean, it, it's typically us who mm -hmm. do this stuff. Not saying that you and I are going to, but uh, if we're being honest, it's it's white males that do all this. Yeah, it, it's not good. Hopefully, we can continue working towards uh, better progress for that. Continuing on the not fun things to talk about here in Iowa. Oh, great. Here we go. Yeah, I mean, this this one's, this one's bad. <laughs> I know. I, mean, I, I forgot we were going to do this. Yep. Yeah. We, we talked about it a little bit. It, this one's not good, and it's not pleasant to talk about either. Um, Roland Story has a, a two-time state champion wrestler who was who sometime last winter um, assaulted a, kid, a teammate. Mm -hmm. Um essentially assaulted him with a pencil. I mean, that, that's about all I'm going to say about that. Think of it. You can think of it how you want. You can read it up, read up. It's all, all over Iowa, but essentially assaulted a fellow classmate slash teammate. Um, 
first like brought to the attention of authorities in like in the late spring. He he is a two-time state champion as a as a freshman and a sophomore. He's a junior this year. But wasn't much brought up about it um, until about school started this year. And then you you heard that this had happened. There was two people that were charged. One was a, a juvenile, and then this kid that that uh, is a two-time state champ was charged as an adult. So his name is released. Uh, you can find that out if, if you want to. And, you know, not mo- much else was, was brought up about it. You didn't hear much about it. And then all of a sudden, last weekend, he wrestled at Sadell Tournament and won it. Went 3-0 and in the, in the and won it. Face was on Facebook, you know, holding up the banner, trophy, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, congratulations, along with, you know, everybody else from Roland's story that had, had done well that day or won it, mm-hmm. you know. And that just brought a lot of people's attention that, hey, did he even get in trouble? Did he get suspended? You know, and now there's lots of questions. You know, um, school board members have resigned. Um, lots of, you know, media, Channel 13 here, Keith Murphy, Elias yep. Jump, you know, they're all over this. Um, they've interviewed the people. Um, the victim and his family have actually moved away from Roland's story. Um, they've been in contact with him. They know who it is. I don't. Um, but they are not speaking because they're still this, – this has not been dealt with yet in the court of law. This week, his charges did get dropped to juvenile court. And from what it read, he is going to plead guilty to these charges. So essentially, it's felony assault, and he was wrestling. And they're hosting their big wrestling meet this Saturday. Knoxville, which is close to us here in Oskaloosa, is mm-hmm. not going. They're going to go to Iowa City, Regina instead. And then this afternoon, two different statements have been released by Roland Story. One, that this individual wrestler was not going to wrestle in this tournament. And then later on this afternoon, there has been a deal uh, done that this wrestler is not going to wrestle any extracurricular activities for the rest of the 2022-2023 season. So his his wrestling season is done. Now, me being a coach and a teacher, I understand. And, and, and let's get this assault happened outside of school, not on school grounds, and not in any school activities. Like this was just, I don't know, but I'm going to just put the situation. Might have been 10 buddies getting together and they did this. I, I don't know exactly how it happened, but this was not, it wasn't in a locker room. It wasn't at any mm-hmm. camp or anything. It, this had nothing to do with the school from what I've been told. So that brings whole different things into my opinion on this. I think schools get way too involved with stuff that happens outside of school, and that's just my opinion, with phones and everything else like that. Now, the issue is, and and this is where the school does have jurisdiction, sorry, is these students have to go to school together. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's where I, I do agree that something has to be done. And every athlete and every student 
signs a good conduct policy. Every school has it. They're all a little different, but overall, you do something, you're going to get suspended or get in trouble. That's really what it comes down to. And from what we were told, and I and I would agree with this, you know, so he was probably found guilty of, you know, you know, breaking the good conduct policy. Probably his first offense, this, this is my guess. And from what we were told, he was suspended for 20% of the season, which would be about right. But the issue is, is this guy was charged with felony assault. Most of the time, and, and I'm not downgrading this, but high school kids get caught drinking at a party and they got to sit out 20%. Well, this is what, you know, this kid did for his good conduct penalty. And this is where the school district's in a no-win no situation, in my opinion. You know, they sit him for a lot longer. You know, well, you're not following your conduct policy. It says this. And, and, and then you get, I mean, into the legal stuff. He has not actually been convicted of anything. He, you are guilty until proven innocent. Now, I don't know if he's actually, you know, admitted to guilt yet. That was what came out in the story that when it gets transferred to juvenile court, he will, you know, admit to guilt. That changes things. When you are found guilty of something or obviously admitted guilty, that changes things. But when you are just charged with something, it's different. And, and that's where the school district's in a no-win situation. And I don't know how you feel about any of this, but it's just a tough situation. And again, much like the Chris Beards, there's no winners here. No winners. You feel horrible for the victim. They've had to move. The, the city and the towns in that area, they're all, you know, up in arms and how this happened. And it's obviously a bad light on the school district. And, and that sucks. And, you know, obviously lots of great things happen at that school. But now they're only talking about this. I don't know the right situation, but I think it is correct that this kid is not wrestling the rest of the year. The bad part is it was really only brought to everybody's attention again when he did start wrestling again. It should have been much bigger deal early. Before. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you. And like you said, it's unfortunate. And like you said, what's the school system do? I, I don't know. I, um, I don't either. I'm glad, yeah. you know, there, there's times where I've wanted to like, you know, maybe try to be an athletic director or a principal or whatever. And then in situations like this, I'm like, I am so glad I'm not. Just as the wrestling coach or, you know, like I'm a golf coach or I've been a football coach, I've been a basketball coach. You know, what do you do? The athletic director says that he can play. Superintendent says he can play. He's a two-time state champ. He's really, really good. Do not play him just because, but then you got everybody on your butt for that. You don't play him, but he's really good. And, and then that brings in another question is the Chris Beard situation and this kid's situation. Are things being handled differently because they're really, really good? You know, if of this course. kid was a, a third-string that's, that's tight end. That's the history of humans. Of course it's right. being handled differently. Yep third string tight end, or if he was a JV wrestler and not a two-time state champ, would this be handled differently? And, and, and I, and I a hundred percent agree with you. I believe it is. 
and and that unfortunately it's reality but it is it is sad for our society today that we value sports that much that it affects those decisions because it shouldn't at all no and and you talked to me about this before we got started and i told you i saw some keith murphy mm-hmm. uh you know a legend there in iowa does a great job of reporting stories uh has for a couple dozen years now there in iowa and i saw i saw the stories i didn't really know what was going on you explained it um as far as the school goes i mean of what he what he's being accused of you know it's easy for me to sit here and say i I probably wouldn't let him wrestle i'd be like you're you're just suspended of course that's easy to say sitting from the the cheap sheets or right i mean we all know that but and today, I, I just don't know how you could, and you you would have to know if he does wrestle, it's only going to get worse. Yep, it's it's only going to build momentum, and not only are you going to go for go from being a topic in Iowa, you potentially are going to be a topic nationwide. If enough news stations get a hold of this, you're not just going to be a local story; you're going to yep. be a nationwide story, and that's not to, uh, not take away from the victim. I don't mean as that, but you you got to have some. You got to <laughs> you got to understand the room, like yeah, yeah. I, I don't mean you, laugh you, at it. You can't say it any better than that. You got to understand the room, and where we are today in twenty twenty two. Yeah, exactly. Like, and what he's being accused of, like I've never heard anyone ever being accused of it. So, in my opinion, I would assume it's probably true. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not comfortable to say, but, you know, uh, people also don't accuse people of doing that on a daily basis. So mm-hmm. I would assume it's probably true now, you know, it has to be proven, um, which is, it's it's not fun to talk about. But, but yeah, I mean, you would have to know that this is going to come to a head here at some point. And then the other thing is, these kids are both, are all young. The victim is young. And then the two, you know, the one victim, we do not know the name because he was, I don't know how old he was. Mm-hmm. And because he was, his name was never released, but, but this kid was charged as an adult. So he, his name is out there if you want to find it. And, you know, it's getting moved to uh juvenile court. There was an agreement with the story County Sheriff. And so if he stays out of trouble, you know, when he turns whatever age, his record will be expunged and this will not be on the record, which I'm torn on as well, because everybody, again, we've talked about this. We all make mistakes. We all have done things that we regret. We've all done things that we probably should have gotten in trouble for and we didn't get caught. And mm-hmm. he got caught or whatever. Now, I'll be honest, I've never done anything like that. I've never thought of doing anything like that. I've never seen anything like that. Yep. You know, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just he, you know, obviously he's paying a big price. He has a chance to be a four time state champ, and now he doesn't. Uh, four time state champs in Iowa wrestlers, that's is super uncommon. There's, mm-hmm. you know, and, and he doesn't get that chance, so he's paying a big price. But in the big scheme of things, wrestling shouldn't matter in this situation at all. Um, he needs to get whatever help he um needs to be able to have a a productive life and learn from his mistakes 
And so whatever needs to happen there needs to happen. And, you know, and that, and that's what tough he, he's, I'm assuming walking around school, everybody knows what happened. Um, and I don't know how, yeah, he, know he probably how. doesn't have a lot of friends right now and no. maybe you shouldn't, but yeah, as you mentioned, like as someone that we're getting older and we all did dumb stuff as young people, not, not to this level, of course, mm-hmm. what's being accused, but I, I, yeah, I don't have the answers to this. I'm glad I'm not the person that has to decide on this. Um, I would not want to be, I, I, I have no idea what I would. I, I don't I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the coach is in, coach is in a tough spot. The AD is in a tough spot. The principal's in a tough spot. Superintendent's Everybody. in a tough spot. And, and then the only people that are, that are you know, and I'm not going to say it, it's good for, but the lawyers are the only one making money is because you got to get all the lawyers involved and figure out what you can and cannot say and can and cannot do. Um, just because of you know civil lawsuits and criminal lawsuits and on both sides i mean unfortunately it's not unfortunate it's life and it should happen everybody has rights you know this kid has rights the victim has rights and and you know the coach and and the principal and the ad and the super they're not lawyers they don't know all the things and that's why not a lot has been said publicly by the school district and I understand why, but it looks bad. But I get why they can't say anything. You you can't anymore. And you're right. Yeah. It's not so much about the the accused person. Right. It's more about everybody else involved. Like nobody right. knows what to do. Right. Like the, the accused person could be a total, you know what? Uh, but you're right. I mean, like school districts. What, what are they supposed to say? Like, if they say anything at all, it could come back to haunt them, and then it could be even worse trouble. Or you know, media type of stuff so yeah there's and this is totally not even defending the guy accused it's more of defending everybody else like nobody knows what to do or say yeah everybody's on pins and needles yep and and that's that's in a daily life in school systems that had nothing to do with this situation there's way too much walking on pins and needles in school systems today yep i i 100 agree with that go listen to eric church's song um, you know, where he, where he, he talks about that, you know, put that in your country song. Yeah. It talks about teachers, you know, uh, the daily battles you guys have to deal with, not just kids acting up, but active shooters and all sorts of other stuff that we could, you know, we could talk about for hours, but we won't get into tonight. Nope. Um, you know, next week's holiday week, I know you're coming back. We're going to try to get together. Um, we'll get together sometime next week. Again, thanks for listening. Don't know when we'll be together next week, uh, but stay tuned for the next episode of Morgan Asked For Podcast. Thanks for listening, and happy holidays. You have a good night, Morgan.